Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder, and it's great to be with you. And thank you so much for tuning in and listening here on Patchwork Heart Ministry, on Fiat Ministry Network. Uh, however you're finding us, thank you for being here and joining us uh, to do simply this, sow hope into broken hearts. Uh, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ann DeSantis. Ann, how are you this evening? Oh, I'm great, Bill. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Of course. And we have a wonderful guest. Why don't you tell us about her? Yes, her name is Kate Capato. She is a photographer, sacred artist, dancer, and speaker. You can find out more about her at her website at visualgrace.org. She's got a beautiful website. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. I'm so happy to be here tonight with you both. Yes. Same here, same here. Uh, you have an absolutely beautiful website. So I would love for people Thank to you. go there to visualgrace.org. So Kate, please tell us about yourself and your family. I know you're from kind of not too far from, from where I am here in the Philadelphia area, just for those who are sure. uh, close by and listening. Right, yeah, uh, I grew up on the outskirts about an hour west of Philly, uh, technically Coatesville. My family's in Honeybrook area now. Um, but my husband and I are in the Roxborough area, so closer to you, since uh, I got married about a year ago. So we moved to this area because he works at CHOP, so a little bit closer for him. Um, but yeah, in a nutshell, um, I am a freelancer and, and do a, a bunch of different arts, uh, primarily painting sacred art. Um, I do wedding photography. I do uh, dance choreography. And uh, as you mentioned, I speak as well, all under the umbrella of beauty and understanding um, just our encounter with God through it. And I just use the different talents that he has given me to share with others the Lord through these beauties. So in whether that's through a painting, through photography or a dance, um, and even in presentations, just the goal is to allow others to encounter the divine through beauty. Um, so yeah, in a, in a nutshell, that's kind of what I do in the mission. I like to say a, a missionary of beauty, really, because it is a mission more than it is my career. I know that you really live that. And on your website under about, it says, at the sight of beauty, the soul grows wings, writes Plato. Visual grace artist Kate Capato is an artist with a deep vision who seeks to share authentic beauty that captivates the soul as a sacred painter, natural light photographer, and contemporary dance choreographer. She artistically brings to life truth, goodness, and beauty. That's great because, uh, you know, truth, goodness, and beauty is such a big part of what it means to be authentically Catholic. And in your realm, especially the beauty aspect, I think, is what you, you are focusing on and have done so well. So please share with us more about you and uh, we'd love to hear more about you and your life. Yeah, I think the, um, in a little bit about my journey, I, how I kind of got where I am. I was a missionary for the longest time where um, you may be familiar, the culture project, um, they're based in Philly and um, we travel around and speak to students about human dignity and sexual integrity. If you don't know them, I highly recommend you look them up as well. But I was with them. Um, but even in college, I went overseas and did mission work. The Lord set this fire in my heart to help others know his love. Um, but I've always had art desires and talents as well. So for, for years, it kind of felt like two opposing lives in a, in a way, especially because our art culture today is very you could probably say anti-faith <laughs> and uh, yes. you know it's the modern culture is you know if you show anything faith-based it, it it sends you on the outside and that's too old-fashioned that's too stringent whatever it may be um 
so I felt like I was playing tug of war where I had these two desires. Um, but after my mission, mission years with the culture project, the Lord, um, brought me to encounter this school in Florence, Italy, actually called the sacred art school. Mm, interesting. And, uh, yeah, it was on its first year when I, I was actually over there performing for, uh, with a dance company of mine at the time. And I recently heard about it and it was on its first year and it was just Providence really. And, it, and it's kind of just stuck in my brain because at the time I was still committed to other things. And it wasn't until about three years later that it came back around and I felt really called to go. So I studied there for three years and um, it, it was just the infusion of faith and arts more fully. So I, I particularly was diving deeper into uh, oil painting and really with the focus on sacred art. And with that combination of theology and the arts more, it just kind of gave me that um, a, a deeper fire and recognition that these can be combined. And not only can they, they should be in the sense of uh, our church, our culture as a whole needs beauty and we need to speak truth through it. And there's many ways you can do that. I have some specific ways that I'm called to. Um, but it's something that uh, artists, and myself included, we shouldn't be shying away from bringing truth into our art. In fact, it's our call. So yeah, it was it was really there in my time in Italy that I felt like it was being zipped together, so to speak, um, these loves of mission and the arts more fully. So from there, I've come home and begun just full-fledged uh, more and more using the gifts that I've been given to do that in different ways. So I've been graced with even with wedding photography, where um, I would say 90% of my couples are really strong Catholics, which is a gift, because I feel like it's an opportunity to promote the sacrament well, and showing like the beauty of the sacrament of the mass and holy matrimony is just a profound gift to display that particularly. Um, because I think they've, they've learned through my website that I'm faith-based. So a lot of those couples will come to me. So it's, it's beautiful to see the opportunities God has given me in the different realms of the arts to speak truth um, and the journey he's taken me to get here. Yeah, that's amazing. And I'm glad you mentioned that about the wedding photography and even uh, the sacrament of matrimony, because on a side note, I think I told you that I'm the director for a foundation that promotes family life. So let's talk. Let's talk. Uh, it's yeah. the Unatis Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. And Beautiful. I would love to put a link on our website for for what you do so that sure. people can be aware of the great work that you're doing. Now, uh, in addition to that, I know that Theology of the Body, it says on your website, equally transformed by the writings of John Paul II, the Theology of the Body, Kate is awestruck by how intricately, intricately woven we are as children of the creator and how all of creation is singing a love song, revealing our identity and purpose. Inspired, Kate boldly partakes in the restoration of our culture and the restoration of who we are as man and woman through the sharing of all things true, good and beautiful. So that's an extension kind of a, of what we were just talking about. What's it like for you when you're taking those photos at a marriage where you're looking at it through the eyes of someone who appreciates, as you said, the sacrament? What is that experience like for you? You know, it's a beautiful question. And it's I guess it's the first time to like sit and reflect on that and articulate it out loud. But I would say that... It, in, in my studies of theology, the body, and learning the profound um, icon that man and woman are to the love that God the Father has for his bride, the church, us, um, it, it's just a beautiful experience to, to kind of pray with that as you see couples vowing their lives together, but especially during the Mass when that takes place. and um, I think a special gift is, is understanding the mass and theology of the body enables me to focus on specific aspects that maybe another photographer wouldn't necessarily conceptualize. So like even just during the Eucharistic um, where, where the host is lifted up 
okay? And the couple, usually it's like right in front of the altar or near it, right? And and to capture that, to capture the communion of the couple now even more in union with the Lord in the sense of the three become one and showcasing that through photography, like just by different ways of expressing that. And, and that that can be done because of understanding that within my heart as best I can. And the Lord continually teaching me that um, through my studies and through even my own marriage and learning how to portray that visually in photography. It's a, it's a beautiful, yeah, the Lord, the Lord's the one that shows us. I'm the one that just tries to capture it and share it with others. If that makes sense. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. Awesome. And on your website, it talks about also your relationship with your husband. It said soon enough, the Lord brought along the handsome musician Powell. I hope I'm saying his name correctly, who loves Jesus and the arts just as much as she does in 2019, he joined her in, excuse me. Oh, oh, sorry for one second here. He, he joined her in his journey as her husband. And today, under the title of Visual Grace, Kate serves as a missionary of beauty. And I'm, I'm sorry that I'm uh, losing my place here in my reading uh, with my phone here. But that says enough, I think. It says enough about you and your husband and about how that you live it out. You live it out with your husband in everything that you both believe. Yeah. He's so Paul. So it's spelled P-A-W-E-L because he's, uh, he was born in Poland and he's, he's been in the States since he, it's been about seven it was. Um, but, uh, he still spells it the Polish way because his family speaks it and lives it really fully. So the Polish way to say is Pavo, (laughs) but Paul is the English uh, version, but he is a music therapist and it's, yeah, it's such a gift that we both share in different ways. Like his talent is music and particularly the guitar. Um, but that grounding in the faith and then that understanding of beauty is such a gift from the Lord to share that. So oftentimes when I go and present, he'll come and play music in conjunction, in conjunction with me. Um, like I'll, I'll be showing my art. So I'll have live sacred art with me at a presentation, um, maybe even dance and he'll be playing music live. And it's, it's like a fun collaboration. And um, we hope to do more and more of that in the future. And we're kind of just at that stage, just discerning where he leads us as a couple in this ministry of beauty as well. That is amazing. And to finish off what it says, it says that Powell joins in musically events and fun collaboration bringing a fuller encounter of the divine that touches all senses as they both grow in love for the art as they both as they both grow in love their art grow too enabling the mystery of the divine to spread throughout the world so that's exactly what you just said it's good that you put it on your website and the photos of the two of you are so good and and beautiful on visualgrace.org so you're Thank doing you. wonderful work. Now, if you go to your website, it you go to Sacred Art Photography Dance Journal uh, Events Media, and there's also a shop uh, and a yeah. car too. Let's talk about more about the sacred art aspect of what you do. Sure. Um, yeah, it's that's kind of even more of the mission of what I do. Uh, A lot of people will commission uh, a work, which means they will come to me with um, a desire on their heart, whether it be they have a special devotion to a saint or had some say like they've had a a special encounter with Christ and want to articulate it in a, in an image. So yeah. So a lot of my time is praying with what people bring to me and then portraying that in an image by creating a painting. And it's really, it's a beautiful process because it's soaked in prayer. Um, I get to learn other families, beautiful devotions or, or whether it be a church congregation and, you know, as a whole, what, where they Mm. are specifically devoted to a saint or something. Um, It's, it's a journey together and creating that visual again, um, through a painting and it's a process. So it's, it's letting the Holy spirit paint through me really. Um, so there's challenges to that, but it's such a grace at the same time. Um, 
And then there's times where I'll paint something that's really just been on my heart personally. So maybe it's come to me in prayer. Um, a lot of times the way the Holy Spirit works is I, I feel um, it kind of follows me, a thought or, or an image, and it'll sit with me for a couple months. And I just, it's, it's very clear that God wants me to paint it. <laughs> mm. And it won't stop uh, following me until I do that. So there's times that I make it a point to paint the images that are on my heart as well, even though they aren't um, bought yet or commissioned just yet, because I, I guess he uses them when I go and present on beauty. So I'll bring those images that are the personal works with me sometimes, but also we'll see in the future where he wills for it to end up, whether it be in a church or a different community. Mm. Um, so it's a mix of, of private commissions as well as just personal uh, prayer encounters with God that are articulated. Um, and, and just in terms of my style, because I studied in Italy, a lot of it has that kind of um, traditional feel, but I use real models. So it definitely has um, the contemporary aspect to it as well. Mm. So you'll see, yeah, kind of that Florentine aspect to it. Um, it's pretty obvious when you look at my work, but um, there's a newness to it in bringing in what's important and uh, to, to specify in our culture today, if that makes sense. Oh, I'm looking at it as we speak, as you speak. And I'll tell you, I know that in our culture, we overuse that word amazing, but it is. I mean, it really is amazing. <laughs> if you go to visualgrace.org and then you go to sacred art, you can see a lot of the her portfolio there. I mean, I'm looking at pictures yeah. of, uh, our photos, artwork that you've done of Jesus, of Mary, of uh, babies, of G baby Jesus. I mean, John Paul II. It's just, uh, it's just so beautiful. And then I think there's a priest or a saint there too. Um, yeah, well, there, there's a couple. There's Saint Francis. I've done Padre Pio. I recently finished one of Saint Junipero Sarah. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah, um, I did. I haven't updated it yet. I just did a Christ the King, but that's not on my portfolio just yet. That one's a big one. Actually, I did it over the pandemic. Um, my husband pointed this out because it, ironically, that has been on my heart for a long time, but I began just in time for the pandemic. And um, <laughs> as I mentioned, it was Christ the King. And so I'm creating him with a crown, of course. And my husband points out, you know, Corona being we're in the coronavirus corona means crown i'm like oh wow yeah and god's providence is that i'm painting him with his crown right now during this time and it was just really just funny That's how god so works neat. with that so that one is a, a recent one that i haven't put on just yet but if you go to my facebook or instagram you can see some updates um and pro like behind the scene processes of of creating works as well Wow, you know, it's so cool. I mean, I'm in awe, actually. Bill, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at it yet, but it's just absolutely beautiful. And so what is that process then of commissioning? So just say a church or someone wants to make uh, a contribution. How would that all work, that process? Sure, yeah. Um, you would reach out to me either through my website, um, which you, there's a contact form there. You could email me. And essentially, we would have a consultation and just chat about an image that's on your heart, whether it be your, for your family, the domestic church or your church community um, at large. And it, it, like I mentioned earlier, it's a prayerful process. So we begin really just letting the Holy Spirit lead us. Um, you give me some key points. Like I ask questions as, you know, what, what do you hope to receive out of this image or what specific saints or figures do you really want in it so some key things that help me obviously work with um creating a sketches and, and so i'll i'll bring i'll bring some sketches to you and from there we decide the final theme and there i get models and um create the final size painting um and yeah it, it and you yeah we can do this at multiple different sizes so depending on where you're putting it obviously we can do smaller for your home but if it's a church and you want something larger um all of it's possible and and, and yeah different themes are 
different ways of expressing what the Holy Spirit is speaking. And it's really cool to see the way that God is speaking to each home and community um, and to articulate that visually is an honor. That, that's so cool. I don't know if that fully answered your question, but if it there's does. any more specific yeah, yeah, no, that's thoughts, so cool. let me know. Yeah. That's so cool. And, you know, I, I really like how you describe the creative process. Well, Bill, process. I don't think we can hear you. Bill, Bill is... There we go. I think Bill was tr- attempting to speak, but I mean, I'll just say something that I think it's an incredible gift for churches and archdioceses and also for individuals. You know, the Holy Spirit works where you may be inspired with some specific saints or images that Kate could produce for you. She could produce something to do with a special saint or a pope or Right, right. Jesus, Mary, whoever, you know, I mean, you can do it. It's even neat. Um, there are couples that are about to get married that'll contact me as well. And they gift a a painting to their soon-to-be spouse on their wedding day. So that's another idea. And I'm actually blown away by the amount of people that do that. And it's really neat. So it'll be like this journey leading up to their wedding day to produce an image to start their new family. And <laughs> you'll have that for a lifetime. Um, and it's something to pray with in your home and reflect upon as, uh, as a couple, your journey. Um, so that's been another way that it's really cool to see people, um, investing in beauty. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm blown away. Sorry for uh, technical difficulties here, folks. That's okay. uh, but, uh, but it happens every once in a while. So, uh, anyway, I'm just blown away, Kate, by, um, by, by your amazing story and, and, and your amazing mission in life. I think that's one of the amazing things. you got an incredible mission and a, a very unique calling to work with all these different art uh, forms and, and everything like that. And, and I, I love how you describe the creative process. I love how you describe the creative process because, you know, it is almost like you're working with, you know, God the Father and the Holy Spirit and, and, and Jesus to, to create, and, and to be co-creators with him, right? To be co-creators right. with him. I mean, certainly in marriage, there's obviously that special meaning to bring new life. Uh, but, but of course, there's all the other ways that we do it through, through artistic expression, uh, through music, mm-hmm. through, through dance, through uh, your, your amazing uh, work with painting. And so, you know, what, what is, like, you must just get so much joy from, from experiencing the Holy Spirit work in, in your life. You know, I, we, we can see each other on a Zoom call, our, our, our people can't, but I can see the joy in your face just talking about all this stuff because I can see that the Holy Spirit is just working with you so much. That has to be a very unique experience because I don't think many people uh, experience that the way, the way you do. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a gift. Um, there is a lot of joy. There are definitely a lot of challenges as well, but it's, it's, it's really powerful to walk with the Lord through those, um, uh, you know, and it's, it's a unique way of spreading truth and bringing others to Christ. So that's where the joy lies in bringing others to Christ. Um, as I mentioned earlier, like my, my heart is drawn to mission. And in, this is just a unique way of serving that call. Um, the more, my greatest joy, honestly, is when someone sees one of my paintings, particularly, and maybe they well up in, with tears in their heart and you see it on their face, this, this sense of being struck by the Holy Spirit mm. where, you know, it had nothing really to do with me. It was all the Lord and me just saying yes. And you can see that the Holy Spirit desired that encounter for that person and something in their heart was stirred. Um, our culture today needs beauty more than ever because we have a hard time reasoning with truth. Like it's your truth versus my truth. So there's a special power that beauty has always had, but we especially need it today. Uh, You can't argue with it. It pierces hearts. And I see that when others encounter it. And it's just, I just feel like I have a front row seat in that regard. Mm. Um, So I feel privileged. (laughs) Yeah. That's so cool. Awesome. It is so cool. And on your On your website at visualgrace.org under photography, you say, hoping to find someone who not only takes excellent photos, but also understands the faith? That's a good question. 
And I invite people who are listening that if you do have a friend or family member, especially if they live in the Philadelphia area, maybe South Jersey, right? Sure. Uh, I do travel though. Um, I've been yeah, like, a, yeah, we recently were at an upstate New York wedding. Um, I, I went to Colorado for a wedding. So if there is in different States, that's not out of the question. I often really enjoy that. Cause then, uh, it's a little bit of a journey to a new part of the world, right? <laughs> That's right. So shout out to anybody out there who's getting married or your daughter, your son, relative that you know, please consider Kate Capato at visualgrace.org. So that, that's just so wonderful. And also a great invitation for everyone, for all of us. So yeah. on, on your website is dance. So I'd love to hear more about that and what you do with dance. Sure. Yeah. So with, with dance, I've had a, I've continued that since I was a young, young girl. Um, worked with different companies here in Philly and then soon branched off and kind of done just my own freelance thing. And a lot of times right now, I kind of I, I work it within presentations. Um, I'll collaborate with other dance, Catholic dancers as well, and we'll create content. So for instance, maybe I'll have a, a, a talk for about 30 minutes or so. And then we enter into a dance that furthers the topic that we were discussing. And then usually I also have my sacred art there. And my husband, like I said, is playing music. So it's kind of the talk just intros to help people um, to enter in more and understanding what beauty is. And then the arts themselves uh, give that experience. So I'll use dance along with that as well. And it just, um, as we mentioned, it, it kind of helps touch all the senses, so to speak. And different people kind of resonate to different things. So dance may be the main thing that resonates with a certain individual, while others might be more drawn to the painting or the music. Every person's heart is a little bit different in that regard and what which beauty stands out most, so to speak. Um, so it's, it's cool to kind of incorporate all of them and... I hope in the future to continue um, and bring in other arts, even those that are beyond my talents in collaboration with other artists, because I really see, um, particularly in these presentations, how people are responding and their hearts are awakening. And um, yeah, it's just, it's tasting that love song of the Lord through beauty. So dance is just another avenue to do that. And I'll be using the same topics, so to speak, and portraying that in contemporary dance movement, um, whether that's my own, myself dancing or, or the choreography that I'll create on other dancers. Um, a lot of theology, the body is intertwined with it. It's just, yeah, another way of speaking, but through the body. I think it's very important for younger people. And by that, I mean, teens and young adults to know about what you do because when you speak about theology of the body, it's not, it's something that not everyone knows about. Sure. And not all Catholics know about that or, or Christians know about it. So I wondered if you had any words to say for those who may be listening, who want to know more. Sure. Maybe they know absolutely nothing about theology of the body and why it's important. Um, could you just explain sort of how can they find out more and what's the importance of it to them? Because right. some people, they want to know maybe like, well, how's it going to change my life? Sure. How will it make my life better to know more about this? Great question. Yeah. Well, I'll first say that it has changed my life. I first encountered it in college. And essentially, I felt as though it, it gave the why, the answer to every question you might have within the faith. It was like, whoa. You know, I... I was born Catholic, cradle Catholic, and definitely followed the route of like, well, yeah, we just believe that for the longest time. Um, but during my college years, there was a lot of questioning and trying to understand, well, why? Why do we believe that? Um, making it my own. And theology of the body totally transformed my heart in understanding the why. And particularly, if you know, you can find many of the questions answered through theology of the body and it does it through understanding that as man and woman we have been given a particular call and our bodies speak the message that the lord wants us to know like our it is 
written on our very bodies, our call and our identity. Who we are is written on our bodies. And that can sound so lofty, but it's not as, as lofty as we might first hear it to be. Essentially, it, it shares with us that we are called for communion. We can see that in the male figure as well as the female figure, we are called to communion. We come into this world in communion. You know, you think about how we're attached to her mother's umbilical cord. We are in communion with her. We're in her womb. <laughs> and then at just um, specifically speaking here, like sexually, we're, we're called to enter into that union. Now, that doesn't always mean um, everyone's called to marriage, but our bodies are telling us something. Even if we're called to religious life or um, to, to single life, uh, consecrate it, this call to communion is still remains even if it's not, like I said, in within marriage sexually, it's an entering into relation with others. And our bodies speak this. Um, but all of creation also speaks this. If you look at um, the sea, for instance, there's a feminine quality and a masculine quality when you see the sea hit, like come up and hit the rocks and there's like that collide. Those meeting the meaning of the two there's something about it that our hearts are drawn to like I, I don't know about you but I could stand there for hours looking at the sea coming up and hitting the stones and there's something calming about it and you if you sit there and look at the difference between the two but also the coming together it's speaking something um there's this there's masculine and feminine message within a lot of all of our creation and it's all pointing us to the direction of communion um, our Lord is saying, I call you to communion with me. That's what he's saying. <laughs> and that is what our hearts actually really yearn for. And this, it's, it's not a stoic God. It's not a, um, a God who says you have to have X, Y, and Z in order before coming to me. He's a God with an open heart, his hands open wide and embracing us in full communion. Um, and in that, we become more ourselves. We repent of things that are not of him. And we become more and more one with him in that process. But this call to communion is, is, is everywhere. And beauty particularly speaks of it in subtle ways. We may not even realize it. But that's why when we watch a sunset, we're like, oh, my goodness, look at that. Uh, or when we see a child being born, these different ways that beauty pierces our hearts. All of it is speaking of this, this call, this bringing us back to that communion. Because we're called to eternally be with the Lord forever wrapped up in his love. Like it's going to be the most joyful thing ever. <laughs> um, and theology of the body helps understand this message fully. Uh, and like I said, it, it speaks of how this is all written on our very bodies as man and woman. And the, the aspect of masculine feminine is important. Like the two, God didn't just happen to make a male and female. Like those uh, it's very important to the message that we're called to, to know that feminine and masculine are key to understanding the call to communion as well. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, <laughs> In a nutshell? complete <laughs> sense. And I thank you so much. You really, you, you sound very theologically based as far as uh, the, the true perfect answer for, for what we believe, really what we believe. Now we're in a culture right now that there's a lot of confusion on that. Uh, right. uh, on the whole, there's the male on this side and the female on this side. Now there's a lot, a lot of confusion there. I didn't know if you had any words because even as young as little, little kids, you know, there seems to be more of a choice for them to decide whether this is how God made me or not. Well, Hey, I'd rather do this. I'd rather be the opposite of what I am. I sure. wonder if you had any words on that. Um, from my experience in mission and in studying theology of the body, what I would say is that we've learned things from the other sex. So as a female, I learned things from my husband, from my father. Um, we are called to learn those things, and that's good. So if someone finds their heart um, maybe already feeling like they have learned a lot from the other sex, our culture sometimes confuses that and, and, and makes it feel like, well, maybe you were supposed to be this other sex. Now, that's not to dismiss those that are really struggling with something in their heart and mind. And I do think there are different cases with this because this is really generalizing right now. 
And I don't want to dismiss people that um, need special attention in understanding what's going on. But I will say culturally, there's there's a push to make things trendy when hearts, uh, it just gives confusion to hearts that shouldn't have that confusion per se. And when we say male and female, that doesn't mean we have to be boxed into what that looks like. Like I grew up, Amen. Um, I'm, I'm one of six. Um, there's three boys and three girls, but I was the oldest girl and there's a big gap between us and the younger three. And I was with my two older brothers for a majority of my life. And I feel like I, for the longest time, related more to boys. And I just was like, could be tougher. Um, it wasn't until I got older that I really I felt like I entered more into my feminine qualities. Um, but like, that's okay. Like, it's okay to have different, like, it's okay to like sports as a girl and be rough and tough. It's okay to like arts as a boy and do all these other things. That doesn't mean we aren't man or we aren't woman because we have these other desires. So that's important to articulate, to not box the uh, genders in, in, so to speak. So that, that's all I would want to say at this point. And, and I would say too, the Lord knows our hearts and, um, and will, will reach us right where we are, no matter what we're feeling right now. And he wants us to know that he intended beauty in every person's life, every person's heart, every person's life right now. And, um, your identity can be known in him. So I would just encourage prayer right now and, and diving into communion with him as best as you can, no matter where you are. And he will take you on this journey into understanding your identity more and more. I love your answer. And I couldn't agree more. You said it exactly as I would have that sometimes, I mean, say 50 years ago, the definition of a woman would have been, you know, likes the kitchen, uh, sure. likes all the feminine things, you know, likes right. to shop, you know, typical right female things, you know, or what, what we would think would be typical female, right? Sure, um, right. But it isn't always that way. So Right. And that's okay. And that's but, okay. But it's clear that to recognize okay. there's still a difference between me as a girl playing sports and being rough and tough than a man. There's a difference still, even though it's okay yes. for me to enjoy all those things. There's a difference being that I am a woman doing it and this other is a man doing it. So that's important to make sure we still recognize because of the deep message that the Lord has with the different sexes of calling us to communion. That's, I think, why it's so it just, yeah, it's key to our faith and our identity and our call to know that these differences are good. We don't have to box them in into certain, uh, you know, qualities per se, but to note that they are different is good. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, you make a really good point. You know, oftentimes we think of differences being bad things, right? We think of them as being, oh, that's so different. That's so odd. That's so. You know what? No, no, no. Differences can be very good. They can. Mm -hmm. They and and they can bring out the good, uh, right. In in one another, right? I mean, you know, I. In a very basic way, I always, I even say to Anne all the time, you have a totally different skill set than what I have. And that brings out the, you know, the good in the other person because it's like, okay, well, right. you know what? I need this and you need this. And we're able to pair it together to create a great show or a great ministry or a great thing. And, and, and even with all the different, you know, ways that we think about how we are supposed to be interacting with one another in the world and, and in the workplace there's there's the key you use that word communion you use the word right. communion and isn't that what we're all not only striving for but it's also what we are um supposed to be in almost every circumstance right like when you're thinking about corporate identity or even about your uh team right you have you have a togetherness on a basketball team or a baseball team right like you're you're in communion with one another but y'all don't do the same thing if there were nine pitchers on the mound you wouldn't be able to play the baseball right. game, right? Like you need a left fielder too. So right. I, I just think you really, you know, talk about that community, beautiful, beautiful imagery. Thank you. And, and it's, those qualities can be seen in art, which is really cool. And it's almost subconscious, but say you can think of a moment where maybe you heard a song or you looked at an artwork where you felt like something wasn't right. There's some sense of dissonance with it. It's like, you, maybe you can't articulate why, but you're like, it doesn't fit. Something's off. 
um, it, there's a lack of communion there. So the artists themselves, maybe they're uneducated or maybe they're trying to cause dissonance. <laughs> Sometimes that happens today. But when you encounter something that is working in communion, so the colors are complementary, the, the composition works well, um, musically the sounds are, are working well together. There's a wholeness to it. There's a communion. And our hearts are just like, wow, drawn into it because our hearts are drawn to communion. And we know that when we experience that, we feel it to, to the core. Um, and, and God does it the best <laughs> through us when we see man and woman, when we see creation. That's why so many people love going out in the outdoors. We, my husband and I were recently in um, Lake Placid and I was talking to somebody about our, our hiking trip, which was awesome. And they said to me, um, it's almost like going to church. And I'm like, hmm, I've never heard of it articulated that way, but I can understand why some people would say that because you are encountering God there. You really are. And it, yes, it's different than going to the mass and you're not um, receiving the sacrament, but there is a sense of encountering the divine. So it does have that church feel in the sense of being with God. And all around, we're surrounded by these different ways that creation is in communion together. The birds, the sea, the mountains. These are all ways that God is speaking to us about the same message, this call to communion with him. Yeah, it actually that is so yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it reminds me of something that I heard um, this this weekend. I, I was um, I was at Mount Rushmore uh, on Monday, and um, we, we, we were listening to this uh, group of uh, rangers talk, or a, a group of people were listening to this ranger talk, and they're talking about the Indians and the fact that the the hills, these black hills where Mount Rushmore is, was you know originally Indian land, and they talked about that they would use this as church. They would use <laughs> their this was even more sacred than the plains because because of the way it looked and the way it was, and so there's a there's a dynamic that in creation. You know, certainly cer certain things are more sacred than others, right? I mean, we, you know, the sacraments and the and and understanding what that is that's that's more sacred than okay, just walking around, you know, <laughs> you know, in, right. in the woods. But but there's some le level of you know progressive solemnity, if you want to call it mm -hmm. that. There's the there's the church term yeah. for it, right? Progre progressive solemnity, oh, and and creation is a great gateway, and it's a great mm -hmm. doorway into experiencing the divine because we can and do experience the divine there and then when we as um like like you do as a as an artist in in so many different ways uh use the things that god has given us use the creation to uh co-create with god to express the love that god has for us in and and you in a very particular way Man, it touches hearts. <laughs> it touches hearts, and it mm. and it and it brings people closer uh, to their faith. So, so yes, you know these these things all are uh, pointing, right? They all point to the divine, and uh, and so that's exactly. the awesome thing. Yeah, right. And I think it brings a lot of healing too, because let's face it, we're in a world that it's not easy sometimes. And when you look at something like a beautiful piece of art, like you just described, or you experience that communion, you know, you might not be better right away. Okay. But it does bring some sense of healing to your heart when you see yep. something that touches your soul that way. Right. Touches right. your soul that way. Would you have any words of advice for, you know, we're going through this pandemic where there have been people who are going through trials with different yeah. aspects, any words well, of advice to them to how something like this can help them to bring more healing to their lives? Yeah, give give um, importance to time with beauty is what I would say. And recognize that it is essential for the growth of our character, for peace in our hearts, because as as we mentioned, it's an encounter with with God, and that what the Lord wants to say to us. It's it's almost like when we read scripture and we reflect on it in imagery, that's another form of it. Um, you can do that with art. You can do that in nature. You can do that with a song. These are ways that we're listening to the Holy Spirit more through beauty. And and God, God's a romantic, so to speak. He wants to He wants to lavish us with love. Um, we're we're quick in our society to, to dismiss arts as an extra, as an ornament, as just decoration. And I think this is false and, and detrimental to our hearts. 
to the growth of our children's well-being and to our society. Beauty is a necessity, I would say. And it's hard to choose that regularly because it's not as um, quantifiable. It's not as like, you can't necessarily see and write down, okay, this exactly happened to me after I watched the sunset. You don't necessarily have the ability to do that like you can with other things. Um, but I challenge uh, those that are listening to make time daily, whether it's 15 minutes, 30 minutes, maybe even an hour, depending on your schedule, and be still in beauty. Whatever whatever beauty um, genre that you prefer is totally fine. But um, do that. And once you start to do that, you'll see how much lighter your heart feels. You'll see that you start to hear the Lord in a different way, maybe for the first time, because even just the concept of being still is a huge act of will today. We don't really understand how to do that. And I think beauty helps us do that more when we challenge yourself to like be in beauty. Um, as God says, he's that still small voice. Are we listening? Are we, are we with him? And in these moments, um, just challenging ourselves to be still and, and hear that small voice is important. So, yeah. And, um, I, I don't know if anyone's familiar with Diedrich von Hildebrand. He has a book on aesthetics um, and he just talks about how beauty has a place of, of pulling us out of the prosaic. So things that are just weighing us down, maybe mundane things can do that or just suffering. So particularly now during COVID, during a lot of the challenges that we're facing in our culture today, um, suffering, so many people are suffering. Um, beauty would be a very important thing to bring into your life or bring it back. Maybe you used to do it. Maybe you used to paint. Maybe you used to dance. Do it again. Um, maybe you never did. It's okay. Try it this time. Um, or just uh, invest in that artwork for your home or that music uh, to listen to. Whatever it may be, recognize that making beauty a priority is you're helping your soul. You're helping your family's soul and your spiritual uh, muscle, so to speak, is growing from it. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I would say. And, and it's different than entertainment, which is important to see. Entertainment has its place. But if you think about it, when we um, dive into entertainment, after entertainment, we, um, we're kind of back into feeling the weight of the world again. It doesn't take away the prosaic. Beauty has a, a power beyond that that pulls us above it because it's truly an encounter with God. Um, so it's important to recognize entertainment is something different. Again, it has its place, but beauty is something else that we need to make time for, um, as well. Now that was just perfectly said. And I know at the beginning of the show, we're going to be ending just in a few minutes. Uh, we're, you and I are from the Archdiocese of Philadelphia and, you know, many of the schools are not really looking at this as something important also to foster, to foster mm -hmm. this, whether it be the public schools or the archdiocese schools or private schools. Any words on that? Yeah, well, if I would have any uh, influence for their decision making, I would say it's a huge mistake to to get rid of the arts. Um there are many studies out there, but uh, just given what I was saying in terms of what Deidre von Hildebrand was speaking about, how it lifts us up out of the prosaic and it, it brings us to really, he literally says it brings us face to face with God, especially Catholic schools. Like if we knew that well, why would we be get rid of, getting rid of the arts? Like it's bringing children face to face. It's bringing humans, all of us face to face with God. So to foster creativity in hearts, to foster being still, just to to be able to know how to be still is, is fundamentally important. And we don't know how to do that well today, especially kids who are brought up with so much technology. The generations today, you know, there's like toddlers on iPads, right? <laughs> the stillness thing, you know, it's a huge challenge. And I think, again, getting rid of the arts is making that a harder situation. So I would encourage, I mean, as parents, maybe you're able to speak up about that more. If you're on the school board, if you're a teacher, um, maybe maybe just dive in and study why beauty is important. If you're not super convinced just yet from our talk, if you are convinced, then go for it and, and speak up for it. Otherwise, I encourage you to study more 
I'd be happy to share with more books, share more books with you to read. Um, again, Aesthetics by Deidre von Hilderman is one of them. Um, but I can, I can share more with, with Anne here and she can, she can maybe post them up, but knowing the value of it will help you recognize, okay, we need to fight to have these in our schools. Um, we need to fight to have art class and music and all these different ways for kids to be creative, to encounter the Lord and, uh, to co-create with God. Yeah. So awesome. Amazing. Thank you. Can I say again, Bill, before we end, I know we're ending soon. First of all, Kay, thank you so much. This was really a pleasure. I learned so much from you and I'm excited to spread your message to other people that I know. And I want to talk to you again about the foundation that I work for. As I said, sure. these people who are listening, go to visualgrace.org. It's Kate Capato. Kate, thank you again so much. And Bill, thank you too. Of course. As always. It's always great to be uh, with you and here on Sewing Hope. Uh, and Kate, you're just amazing. Again, visualgrace.org, uh, is the website. And so, uh, folks, I want to uh, remind you as well as we wrap up tonight's episode to head over to the Patchwork Heart Ministry website as well, uh, because we have a new fearless rosary during these scary times out there in the culture. We have a brand new fearless scriptural rosary that you can sign up for. Uh, all you have to do is it's completely free, but all you have to do is uh, enter your email on our website. It'll pop right up. Uh, it's pairing all of those scripture passages that say, be not afraid and fear not with the power of the rosary. So uh, please go over to our website and check that out. Uh, you'll find more information about it on uh, our website, which is simply patchworkheart.org. Uh, but uh, until next time from all of us here at the Patchwork Heart Ministry, Fiat Ministry Network, the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation. I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or Andy Santos too.